Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. That's where you can find Before Floor, an hour before every heat game, and also post up 5R as soon as the buzzer sounds. We had more than 1,000 people watching live uh, off of the heat win in Dallas. So make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Plus, the best thing there is you don't get me at after the game. So you can listen to the podcast and you can listen to that or watch that. Also check out five reasons, Make sure you spell that out. The latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others around the network. We do not have a paywall and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We mentioned this one all the time. The daily fantasy partner of the five reasons sports network is prizepicks.com. Use the code five. That's F I V E get your bonus matched. Deposit 20 bucks. Give it a shot. You can play the flex play, the power play. You can play, well, not MLB right now, obviously, but NFL, NHL, and of course, NBA and all of the other sports. You can match players from different sports, from different teams, two, three, four, five players. We do a prize pick show on YouTube three times a week, too. If you want to see how to do it, go to prizepicks.com. Use the code five. That's F-I-V-E and get your, get your deposit matched. That's the bonus. And now today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. It's just me today. Here's the floor plan. We've got a special guest. I was just actually on Sirius XM NBA with this gentleman, as well as the coach, Sam Mitchell. We've been doing these home and homes lately. So we're bringing on Brian Geltziler. Uh, You can find him at B Gelts NBA. I got to get used to the new Twitter handle. Also on (laughs) on Sirius XM and also on NBA TV. And we're going to play off of this quote. Uh, We were watching at our watch party, uh, which actually the Heat finally winning on our watch parties now. That's how good they are. Um, We were watching at our watch party the other night. Uh, at Dangerous Minds, and this tweet came in from Victor Oladipo as the Heat were handling Dallas uh, in the second half, and it was, man, we scary good Heat culture, the kennel, which of course is the nickname that they've given themselves, or BAM has given them uh, this season. Vic is not even playing yet, and as we speak, the Heat have lost once. Kyle Lowry didn't play in that game. Miami has the top net rating in the NBA at plus 16.1. They have the top, well, I think now they're two in defensive rating, but the top net rating in the entire league. They're doing things that the big three Heat did not do, particularly early in their time together. They've got three guys scoring at least 20. This idiot host said that nobody on the Heat would average 20 this year, although one of the three guys averaging 20 is the guy I picked for sixth man of the year. And I mean, they're just doing things way faster than we anticipated. So what we're going to get into here with Brian is what should scare the heat? Because heat fans are feeling really good now. So what around the NBA should scare the heat or are the heat, the scariest team out there? But let's start here, Brian, your perception of what Miami has done through the beginning of the season. 
Understand this, Ethan. In going into the season, I was very high on the Miami Heat. I felt like a lot of people you talked to didn't feel like they were in that upper echelon category of the Eastern Conference and the NBA, for that matter, with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I felt differently. I this is this team was not so far off making the run they did in the bubble two years ago and taking the Lakers to six games in an NBA final. You can't look at last year and think it was some kind of indication of what was going to happen this year. The t- it was a six week turnaround until they had to start the new season. It was a brutal year last year. Road games were so hard because, you you know, now you can be on a road. Most of the players are vaccinated. You can go on a road. You get to a, a location three, four in the morning. You can go to sleep for like an early, till an early afternoon shoot around and get a decent night's sleep in a bed in a hotel. Last year, you had to be by 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. in some cities. You had to come. You got off the plane, went to your room, had to stay in your room, and came out for your COVID test. So that with vaccinated players, that's all been eliminated. That was brutal for, for a team off a six-week turnaround. It was brutal. You look at this year, now obviously healthy. A healthy team is going to be enormously important for them. And, and that's really, that's everybody. But they, because they have some older players, it's something that they really have to look at. But I think that a couple of things have played into Miami's early success here on the defensive end of the floor. Obviously, the new rule changes help a physical team like Miami. So that's going to be something that absolutely favors them. They're able to get more physical. They've used that and exploited that in all the right ways. And that's been terrific. The other thing is you look at what they did personnel-wise. Bringing in Kyle Lowry and bringing in P.J. Tucker also has them with good physical defenders that fit these new rules, guys that are used to banging people around. Kyle, it's a great luxury to have Kyle Lowry here, Ethan. They don't have, they don't need him to do numbers. They don't need him to go out and do 20 and 10. They got that stuff covered. Lowry's literally an intangible guy. And when he does get hot and things get going for him scoring-wise and he's getting the ball moving, that becomes an added bonus for this basketball team. I'll tell you what else they address that not a lot of people people talk about they had a size issue in the bubble two years ago their best lineups always had to be smaller lineups with bam at the five but what they've done and one move they made last year and this guy's played well for them this year Dwayne Dedman helps out a heck of a lot there in his limited minutes he, he scores he gets rebounds he's physical defensively and Markeith Morris is one of these vets that knows he, he, he he's a stretch five he spaces the floor on offense but he is a physical guy inside and all of this stuff bam having extra support on the front line i don't think it's any coincidence we're seeing bam out of bayou right now hitting statistical highs for his career because he's got he doesn't have to play the five exclusively all the time even if he is playing the five having a guy like morris playing the four it's almost interchangeable having a guy like deadman in there for him i think that's really been a huge huge help for bam out of bayou yeah you mentioned deadman we were talking about it last night uh you look at the impact that Chris Birdman Anderson made on the big three teams. And I didn't think we would see that again from a big, and it's a different kind of impact because people remember Birdman and the flourishes and the vertical spacing and the dunks from LeBron and all that. Uh, But to have a true big in there, I remember that team desperately needed a big, and then they got Chris Anderson. They went 37 and three, the rest of the season. And this team desperately needed a big last year. And another guy who was just sort of out there, not playing for different reasons, uh, but comes in and has been incredibly productive for them. So, so let's look at it internally first, before we go around the NBA, you mentioned obviously health. I think we've all kind of discussed that uh, Butler, Lowry, Tucker in particular, staying healthy, Oladipo returning 
in some kind of health, that all matters, obviously. But what else, if, if you were a Heat fan and just not looking at the rest of the league, but looking at the Heat, what would scare you? What, what, what could trip up this group? Well, all right. So one of the things, probably the main thing that, that obviously we're throwing health out, the main thing that worried me regarding this team was what version of Tyler Hero were you going to get? Were you going to get the version of Tyler Hero that looked like one of the great up-and-coming young players in the bubble and was fantastic when the lights were brightest in the playoffs? Or the guy that you had last year, let's face it, was Hollywood Hero, was having a whole lot of fun down in South Beach and was a a very visible celebrity, and somehow that bled into his on-court production. The guy that we got this year, frankly, may be better than the dude we saw in the bubble because he's really serious about being the best possible basketball player he can be. And he's found what he can do on a basketball court, not only shooting the ball, but handling the ball. Also, I will say this, he's never going to be a great defensive player. Ethan. We know that. But his effort and his grind is there. He's mm-hmm. putting it in. So mm-hmm. everything across the board, I, I looked at Hero and saying, if we get Hero back to where he was, this is a really good to great team. Hero's beyond where they were. And the thing for them, when you look at it, again, Hero, I I talked earlier about not needing numbers every single night from Kyle Lowry. The number one reason they're not going to need numbers every single night from Kyle Lowry is because of how Hero is scoring the basketball and how consistent he's been doing that. And think about the importance in what Lowry brings to you intangible wise defensively setting guys up leadership attitude toughness all of it think about getting that and him not having pressure on him to have to score every night and he doesn't tyler hero took that off him so i will make this case that tyler hero is actually because of his scoring prowess early on here for the heat he's actually taken pressure off kyle lowry that's made lowry a more diverse productive player for this team because the scoring burden doesn't have to be on kyle lowry's shoulders and when you don't have to have kyle lowry score and you got other guys taking care of it this is a dangerous dangerous player to have on your team because he is if he doesn't have to worry about getting shots up he can set people up play defense and then when the shots are there for him take them he becomes really really good especially this stage of his career you don't want to wear him down night in and night out when him he has to go out there and get 25 to 12 you don't want that you don't have to have that and to me that's that is probably the most important element here with the heat the fact that hero has come and played as well that's what scared me if hero didn't show up in the same way that you expected him to the heat were going to have a deficiency there they've gone from a potential deficiency to a tangible strength it could become even more of a strength. So let's talk about one more piece here. And then after the break, we'll start to go around the NBA. Victor Oladipo, uh, they've re-signed him for the minimum to get his bird rights. I mean, uh, you're talking about a guy who was turning down max contracts and he takes the minimum, which I give him credit for. I mean, I know there wasn't a lot out there, but the idea that he wanted to stay in this place enough and felt this was the best place to rebuild himself, but to take a minute. I mean, you have, I'm, when we talked to my, I asked him the question at media day, I said, you were at the top and literally you're at the bottom now. Like, I mean, you're at the bottom in terms of fi- in terms of salary uh, and everything in terms of building your body back up. What do you view as the fit? Let's say he comes back. I don't know. I mean, it seems like they got the surgery right this time. Okay. So let's say he comes back at 75%, 70, 75% of what he was okay when when he was in indiana how did first thing what does he add but also how does that fit because we've talked about tyler's taking the bench right like the the bench and and he's he's run with it one of the reasons they didn't re-sign kendrick nunn i think we talked about this on sirius xm nba was to clear the path for tyler now you're gonna put now you're gonna put all the depot in there what does he add and, and what is the fit 
I, I think you're going to see Oladipo at times be somebody they go to if Duncan Robinson isn't his game isn't at its best. And mm-hmm. you know, it's funny you 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 mentioned our show with with me and Sam Mitchell that you were on on Sunday, and Sam taught me something a long time ago about this league. Your bench players have to be different than your starters. You need to bring in guys off the bench that give you different looks than what your starters do. And Oladipo's a smaller player. He's a better defensive player. He's a better creator. And obviously Robinson's a better shooter Mm -hmm. and a bigger player. But if you have games and Robinson has these games where all of a sudden you look at him and he's one of six from three and the shots aren't falling, you go to Victor Oladipo in that role and it mixes up a defense a little bit because he's just a different kind of guy. So to me, listen, I don't think, and I think you're right in the respect that we're not, this is not Victor Oladipo playing 36 minutes a game and he mm-hmm. needs to score 24 points a game. It's not dissimilar to Larry's situation, but on the nights where he gets it going, you want to see him get it going and to have him off your bench and being able to bring in two wings like him and hero is a really, really good thing for them. Listen, it, it also mitigates the fact that, even at, at the point guard spot, like Jimmy initiates a lot of offense. Right. Even. We know that. And, and Tyler Hero initiates a lot. In a lot of ways, Tyler Hero is a backup point guard. You know, I mean, he initiates mm-hmm. a lot of offense for them. So bring, and bringing Oladipo, who's also not a bad secondary ball handler, you don't have to worry so much at who's the backup point guard. Right. It doesn't matter. And, and so it's just another piece of bench depth. And, you know, listen, the, what the Heat have done here, versatile, multi-positional players. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. One thing I will say about the Heat, year over year, not necessarily this year, but from the bubble year to last year, people didn't talk about what a big loss Jay Crowder was. Jay Crowder played awesome in the bubble. And well, you saw what he locally. did last year for they, Phoenix. They, 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 they did locally. Lo- nationally, they, you didn't hear much Nationally, they didn't. Yeah. Lo- locally, it was, it was a big point of contention, particularly when Giannis ended up staying because the whole sort of justification for not re-signing right. Jay at that number, because they offered Jay one year for 16, but the whole justification right. was you weren't going to give him the, the three years because you know you wanted to clear the path for Giannis, and then you didn't get Giannis, uh, and and it, and then you also paid Myers Leonard, which really didn't have a lot to do with it, to be honest, because it was a years thing. But then with what happened with Myers, so people jumped on him locally. But you're right, nationally, uh, the, nationally the narratives were hero flopped. I mean, that was really the correct, right? And I mean, a and fluke, we, and Ethan a fluke, and, and the bubble it was, flew. That, it was a fluke in a bubble, correct? Right, right. That, that, was, that was that was really the national narrative. Um, when the reality was, you mentioned Tyler didn't play as well, but but by per minute, he was actually pretty much the same player. He just didn't shoot as well from three, and he didn't take a leap, which I think people were expecting. The leap has come now. All right, after the break, though, I want to go around the NBA with you a little bit, and we'll get into sort of what scares the heat before we do I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network that's therapist preferred if you're looking for cbd this is where you go this is the new code there five rsn five rsn you get 25 percent off whether it's the gummies whether it's the tincture whether it is the sports cream it's good for like recovery it's great for sleep um and you're not going to fail a drug test so don't worry about that Therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's 5RSN. They've been getting a lot of orders from Miami. I feel like that's from us. So make sure you're using that code 5RSN at therapistpreferred.com. All right, let's get. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. 
I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. To it. The Eastern Conference, Okay. And like you said, you had them closer to the Brooklyn-Milwaukee tier again, assuming Kyrie was playing, uh, closer to the Brooklyn-Milwaukee tier than, say, to, I don't know, maybe the the Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York tier that most people talk about. And it is playing out that way so far. Give me something that should scare the heat other than Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. Is there a team that looks legit enough that they could create problems for Miami in a playoff series. Not really. I mean, I'll tell you, listen, I think Atlanta playing at a high level mm-hmm. is something that you have to worry about. Atlanta healthy and playing at a high level because I just talked about the, the added versatility on the heat. The Hawks have that and more, man. Mm-hmm. The Hawks, that, that's, they go 90. They got shooters. They have athletes, and if you're and if you're able to keep a guy like a DeAndre Hunter healthy, who can be one of these guys that can give Jimmy Butler hell, he's a really mm-hmm. good defensive player, and you get Bogdanovich and Herter going in the right direction, and they haven't looked wonderful here early on. And Young's had a small adjustment to the new rules, not a huge adjustment, mm-hmm. too much is being made of that. But you look at like a versatile big like Capella, who's really good at switching on to guards. Like Atlanta's got a lot there. And I could see Atlanta giving Miami a very hard time in a playoff series. The one team I kind of, you know, looked at, you know, last year a little bit, if they were against Miami in a playoff series um, and thought that they could do a very good job on them. I don't necessarily feel the same way about that's New York, Mm -hmm. just because I think New York's in a weird spot right now. I think they're caught between, you know, the Randall Knicks and the Barrett Knicks. And I Mm -hmm. think that they need to Mm -hmm. be the Barrett Knicks, even if it means taking a step back right now, because I think that the Randall Knicks, kind of hit their ceiling last year but it's a very hard transition for Tom Thibodeau to make because he wants to win every game and I get it because for them and but but they're also in the the superstar acquisition business Mm -hmm. and to be in the superstar acquisition business you need to be a playoff team and they need to maintain exactly where they are so there is a long-term value in what Tom's trying to do it's just a weird spot for them but Atlanta me would be the other big threat I mean listen Brooklyn we know I don't have to get into you about Mm -hmm who Brooklyn can be, what they can do. Durant's got an Olympic hangover right now. He looks a little bit less than what he normally has been. At will fi- over time, he'll be fine. And I do think that at one point we see Kyrie Irving in, in, in a net uniform. I'll tell you this about Milwaukee. And I thought Milwaukee was going to beat up on Miami last year in the playoffs because this wasn't – Miami was right. just compromised coming into that series. 
I don't feel that way this year. I think the shoe could be right back on the other foot like it was in the bubble. I think when you look at what what Miami has done, from a lineup versatility standpoint, the ability to play another big, whether it's Morris or Deadman, along with Bam on the front line, that directly speaks to their ability to match up with Milwaukee's size on the front line. Well, That's the other enormously thing, Brian, is, important. The other thing, Brian, is, I mean, you talk about two tactical moves that Miami made this year, one intentional, I think, and the other that has just sort of worked out. You mentioned one earlier which is that the roster that they built plays into the rule changes, Correct. which, 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 which is really prescient. If I, and when I have a chance at some point to ask Riley about this, I will, because it does seem like they timed this perfectly, this kind of throwback Riley roster to a throwback time for the rules. It's, it's interesting, but, but yep. the other thing that you mentioned there is not only is it that they have Morris and Deadman to match up, they literally stole PJ Tucker from them. Yes, so, they did. So, so, so not only have you upgraded yourself, you have weakened the Bucks because he was, I mean, for we can talk about Bobby Portis and everything, they needed PJ Tucker against Durant. They needed PJ Tucker to win a championship last year. That was a key acquisition for them. And they really didn't replace him. I mean, I, you know, you look at their roster. Okay. They brought back George Hill in the backcourt and they'll get DiVincenzo back. But they, they really didn't – their front court depth is not great at this stage. So I, I'm with you on that. I do think there's a, there's a matchup situation. The one thing before we move to the West, you mentioned Atlanta. The one thing that I think would scare not just Miami but all teams is it does seem like Atlanta is the one team in the league that could consolidate a bunch of pieces Correct. to get one more star, right? Like whether it's – I don't know that Beal's the best fit next to Trey Young or even that Lillard is, but but – if somebody else pops through like Atlanta's the team, like they could trade three guys and still have enough in their rotation uh, to, and add a superstar, right? Like, do you see another team that could do that? Cause the Hawks are the one that jump out to me. I, I don't know that there is another team that could do that. I think the Hawks are in the best position to be able to give significant assets for a star. And what's interesting to me is I'm surprised that the Hawks haven't dipped their toe in the Ben Simmons waters. Just because I I think that if you could make a Ben Simmons deal and you could keep DeAndre Hunter and yes, they just resigned John Collins and you probably would have to figure out a way to send John Collins out in a deal like that. But if you make a deal like that, you got to send salary out. You know what I mean? So, but, and Collins is a good young player. Don't get me wrong. But if you came at it with, because you, the thing is about having Trey Young as your point guard. And I thought both the Knicks and the Sixers did a really bad job of this in the playoffs this year. Mm. You have to put him in every pick and roll. You can't let them hide Trey Young defensively. So if you're going to turn around now and have two high-end perimeter defenders with length and speed and athleticism and guys like Hunter and Ben Simmons in your starting lineup along with Trey Young, you can successfully hide him that way. And I have the firm belief with Ben Simmons that wherever he gets dealt, the smart team that deals for him is going to have a starting point guard in place already that Ben Simmons can't look at and say, I'm better than he is at point guard and want to move him aside. And Trey Young's that kind of guy. Simmons' next stop, if it's going to be successful, he's going to play the four. And, and, and as a, a, a as a, essentially a point forward and a guy that pushes in transition but plays on the elbow and on the low post and at the high post and a high-low type of guy in the half court, that's what you need to have Simmons. Atlanta may have better infrastructure to bring him in there than anybody yeah. else in the entire yeah. league. Yeah. So, yeah, well, to the, me, that's the thing. I, that's the one I'm watching, even yeah. though I've heard nothing rumor-wise about it at all. Well, the, the, the other two teams that could do that positionally for him, and like you said, he couldn't say he was better than the point guard, would be Golden State and Portland. And Portland, uh, right. I, I, I just don't see either of those teams 
having enough unless Morey just blinks at this stage. Like, I, th- th- you know, it, it doesn't seem to me like either of those squads. I mean, we've talked to McCollum for a long time, but I, I don't know really if that, that helps Philadelphia, particularly with the number. And, you know, again, you look at Golden State. I mean, you want Wiggins back or, you know, Wiseman. You already have Embiid. It does, it, it, there's, there's issues with both of them. Correct. And Simmons and Draymond Green are a weird fit together. Yeah. And, well, for a know, lot of reasons, not, not just, not just reasons. the way that they play, but I, I just cannot see the two of them clicking in terms of a, a personality standpoint. They seem to I, be opposites. I, opposite I, guys. And Draymond's <laughs> yeah. not going to have a lot of patience for some no, of this stuff. No. He just isn't, you know what I mean? He's going to drive Draymond straight to the TNT. On. He'll, he'll drive Draymond straight to the TNT. Straight studio. to <laughs> TNT. And, and, and listen, I will tell you this. I don't think Daryl Moore is blinking any time soon i I believe that what daryl Morey's looking to is they they listen they screwed up here Mm -hmm. a team loss against atlanta in a game seven right they decided to blame one guy one drill and beat turned the ball turned the ball over eight times in that game okay and and had a real important late one but they decided to blame one guy and then they held the narrative all summer and all of a sudden when he wanted out they decided to trash him even more and now they realized that you know what maybe just maybe having some empathy for the guy's situation and the fact that he got rattled and his confidence wasn't where it needed to be. And now they've gotten in the mode of saying, hmm, if we want him back on the court playing at a particular level, we have to get him help. And we have to pump him up a little bit. And we have to make him think we believe in him. And now, because you dug yourself such a hole with him, that's an enormous process. That's hard. But Darrow's not going to deal until he's back on the court playing productively. I can promise you that. And I think you'll see that sooner rather than later. It's funny you mentioned the word process. It's also interesting because we talk about what the Heat did with Tyler Hero. And it just makes me wonder – if Jimmy Butler and, and Ben Simmons had, didn't have a strained relationship, it seems to me like a place like Miami would have been ideal for to get your confidence rebuilt because they're so good at doing that. Um, and there are very few teams around the league. I think Toronto is another place that does a really good job with that. All right. I, I, got, one, I got one more question for Brian uh, here, but before we do want to mention, we've got a watch party, our second watch party. We are one and zero this season. We're not having any dolphins watch parties. So that means we're probably, <laughs> probably in good shape. No canes, no dolphins, just heat with a little Panthers thrown in. Next one is going to be near the Panthers arena. The quarter deck and sunrise will be there Monday night heat nuggets. I know the heat never win there. We cannot be blamed for this one. There's also a Monday night game going on uh, between the Steelers and the bears. So you can laugh at Pittsburgh and Chicago fans. If you want, we'll be at the quarter deck very close to the arena. I forgot what they're calling it these days. Uh, the one in sunrise, uh, it's, the, it's the biggest of the quarter deck. So join us there again. They've got great food there, great drinks, and it's just a great space. Uh, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun. So the quarter deck Monday night, We'll be out there starting around 7.30 or 8. Tip against the Nuggets is 9 p.m. All right, so you got to pick one team here, just one, and then I'm going to let you go. What is the team in the West? Let's, let's, let's just take the dream scenario for Heat fans, and they're back in the finals for the second time in three years and the seventh time in the Pat Riley era, which is remarkable. Um, let's just say that they're there. Who is the team that would scare you the most coming out of the West? Utah. I'm not worried. I think the Heat match up pretty good with the Lakers. I'm not mm-hmm. terribly worried about that. I think that, you know, Jimmy's got a good history of guarding LeBron. Um, I think that Bam can handle AD pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. Westbrook is a guy that as the years have gone on, he's become a little bit easier to handle, especially in the half court when the game slows down in the playoffs. I think that he can handle the Lakers. Utah scares the heck out of me because they, the, the fact is with the Heat, it'll become a tempo war where Utah will push pace and push pace and push pace. And for the Heat, Bam, listen, you can plant Bam in the corner to try to pull Rudy Gobert away from the basket. But if you do that, you're taking a vital offensive guy 
out of his comfort zone for Miami. Mm-hmm. And that, cause that's the book on Utah, right? That's what yeah. the Clippers did last year in the second round is they planted Terrence Mann in the corner and made Rudy Gobert make a decision and made Snyder make a decision on how he's going to use Rudy Gobert. Snyder in the end didn't have enough confidence in his perimeter defenders to pull Gobert away from the basket. And Donovan Mitchell is the first one to raise his hand and say, I was guilty there. Ankle wasn't great. I didn't defend well. Now, Utah's going to be a big challenge this year. Let's see who can be a better perimeter defender. Is Con- like Conley wasn't healthy a lot of that series. Can Conley turn the clock back and defend a little bit better? Can Mitchell develop in that role? We already know how good Royce O'Neal is in that role. Mm-hmm. My point being is that if, you know, Miami's going to say, okay, we want to go small ball. We're not taking Bam off the floor to play small mm-hmm. ball. Bam's going to be our five. And with the other smaller guys that we're going to play against them, we don't have that luxury of taking Gobert and, and making – Quinn Snyder have to make that hard decision with Gobert. And that's one of the things I look at with Utah, where I think that's a little bit dangerous. Utah gets out and runs a little bit, gets some of those open transition threes they're so good at. For Miami, they're going to have to keep things slow, walking up the floor in a grind fest. That's the one I look at and I worry a little bit because the contrast of styles and the inability to compromise what Gobert does well for the Jazz defensively, because he's so important to what they do defensively. He really, I mean, he's obviously the best defensive player in the league, but they just don't have enough good defenders. It's all based upon Rudy, you know, doing what he does in the paint. And with Bam, you can't pull him out of the paint, really. It's going to be a hard thing to do. So I, I think that's the one I worry about the most with the Heat. I think the Utah Jazz provide a very difficult matchup for them. Well, here's one thing. Bam's got now seven months to develop confidence in that jumper uh, because yes. that would that would change the equation a little bit. I think the jumper's there. It's just a question of whether he wants to shoot it. We saw he didn't want to against Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee last year, but you can see this year it's trending up. The, I think the single biggest thing you mentioned, Kyle, the single biggest thing that Kyle has done here, yes, he's taken a burden off Jimmy. Yes, obviously with Hero, the, the, having the leadership there in the backcourt. The biggest thing he's done is he is not letting Bam off the hook. We we saw it from the very first scrimmage. He sends the ball into Bam and he clears out. Okay. Is yep. you're not sending it back to me. Okay. You go. Okay. Shoot it, drive it, do something with it. Uh, that to me, he is he is gonna elevate Bam into, in my view, top I agree. Know, if he's not there, top 15 status in the league. And I think Bam can actually get a little higher than that. But that, that to me, that's the single biggest thing that Lowry's done. It's um yep. And, and by yep. then, it should be fully formed at that point where Kyle's not taking any crap from Bam. Go, go, well, score. Two, two things on that. Number one, more important for Bam to take the jumper than mm-hmm. to make the jumper. Exactly. Got to take it. Okay. Yep. Number two, Larry's essentially grooming him to become the lead dog on this team and the yes. best player. And yes. that's because they, they don't want to just contend for one year here. And Butler's mm-hmm. older and Larry's older and Tucker's older. We see all that, but they want this to be Bam's team and those guys fall in behind them. And there's going to be a lot of grooming towards that ultimate goal this year. Even if it doesn't end up happening this year, it should happen by next year. And they're, mm-hmm. they, they're all looking to support Bam and elevate him because they believe and what he can be as, again, you say top 10, top 15, maybe even a top 10 player, but more important than any of that, forgetting about the rankings, the lead dog on yep. a championship contender. That's the belief in Bam Adebayo. Well, I think the thing that looks scary to the rest of the league, and we appreciate you joining it, Brian. You take a look at a team where Bam and Hero continue to progress. You still got Lowry and Jimmy playing at a high level, and you get Depot back, you know, playing at 70 to 75% with Duncan Robinson spacing. Uh, Pat has put something together here. I feel, I feel like this is one of his better builds and in some ways more complicated than the big three build, which was basically 
Hey, Bron, you want to play with Dwayne? This is a little. <laughs> this, Grab this, Chris, you're coming. Chris, <laughs> come on, you got. We got. Come on, you and Dwayne got the same agent. Let's uh, let's let's roll down here. I th- this is a little bit different. This was a build from from Hassan Whiteside and Dion Waiters. That's a little bit harder to do. Brian, we appreciate it. The new Twitter handle is uh, BGELTS NBA. You can find him on SiriusXM NBA and also on NBA TV. Brian, thanks for doing it. Always my pleasure, Ethan. Anytime, buddy. Look forward to another home and home soon, pal. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.